welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. Bananaconda. Ooh, welcome to my quest womb. Pull that record, we're done, aboard. Alright, and welcome everybody to our latest episode. Our, it's going to be a spooky one. It's going to be really spooky and really creepy. Ah, guess what, Nuka? What, Rue? So, um, just outside, we just barely had the solar eclipse. Oh, did you look at it directly with uh, your eyes wide you know, open? No, like certain we... presidents did. <laughs> really? There's certain presidents that did that. Uh, yeah, a, cer- a certain uh, uh, Trumpian president. Famously, there's a picture of him staring at the eclipse. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, don't, don't ever look at directly at the sun unless you don't want to have eyesight anymore. Unless you want to be president, in which case, absolutely do it. <laughs> Well, yes, so we had a total eclipse that ended up happening. So there's been some pretty weird stuff that's been happening um, as of late. And so, um, but I was able to type all of them down and um, stories just came flying through my head. So um, visions have happened. Maybe it was like other dimensions. So I'm pretty sure that's the only scientific explanation for eclipses. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. They give you dreams and stories. and Oh, and also superpowers, because, you know, um, did you ever watch Heroes? See, that's how they got their superpowers. That tracks. Like, that tracks. Mm-hmm. And then also plants come down from the sky and um, take over the world. That's just science. Yeah. So, Nuka, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, when I'm not teaching and going crazy with all the teaching I'm doing, uh, Playing a lot of indie games, actually. I've uh, uh, recently I bought a whole bunch of uh, indie games, some newer ones, some older ones, and I've been playing through them. Uh, just last night, I beat the game uh, Opus Magnum, which is a uh, it's a little bit older now. It's not like super super new, but just a fantastic little uh, indie puzzle game. If you like uh, uh, building little machines, that sort of purpose is kind of it scratches out like programming itch for me. Like, oh, you need to build a little machine that can assemble these things in this order and you, you give each little piece in your machine instructions uh if that scratches an itch for you game opus magnum is definitely for you that sounds uh, fun it, it, it's crazy fun I, I i didn't expect to like it as much as i did so it's it's fantastic uh i also been playing one uh recently called uh astrea six-sided oracles uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, games like Slay the Spire and, and, and deck building roguelikes. And this one is like the first uh, dice rolling roguelike. So like you, instead of building a deck, you you customize dice. So I have a board game called Dice Forge, which is as you level up, you, you change the faces on your dice and you make them stronger. Uh, this game is kind of like a roguelike with dice where you, you modify your dice and make them stronger. So uh, hard, but I've been very much enjoying that. And then uh, when I'm not playing indie games, I've been, uh, you wouldn't think it, but I'm already getting ready for next year's surveys with Fur Science. 
What? To plan these things like already five or six. <laughs> well, yeah, we had to go through an ethics process. We have to work with collaborators, and you know, we have like a half dozen collaborators at this point. So trying to juggle everyone and make sure everyone has their items on the uh, submission, and then make sure it goes through all of our ethics board takes a long time. So um, I know that I'm already planning to go to further confusion in January for a fiesta down in Texas in. I should know it's February or March. One of them, uh, confuzzled. We're going to for the first time in May. So, uh, nice. yeah, there's there's a lot to plan for, <laughs> and of course, all these places right now are like, hey, uh, sign up and book your hotel now, book your flights now, and I'm like, oh my god, this is a lot to be planning so far ahead. <laughs> how, how about you, Rue? We just need to get you to come to BLFC at some it's, point in it's time. On the, t- I've been there once, and I, yes. I'd like to go back. It was a great little con. It it was it was fun. It's grown to be a lot bigger now. So oh, all of them have. Like I can remember when um, Furry Fiesta was like under a thousand people, and now it's like like God, it's 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 like five or six thousand people. It's where Anthrocon was, uh, you know, six or seven years ago. So well, um, today I've been definitely staring at the sun. <laughs> as, actually, as, as doctors advise. Yeah, I, I I actually had a couple of neighbors. I had the special glasses. And so I was running around to my neighbors and throwing it in front of their eyes so <laughs> that they can, like, see the sun. I mean, they weren't, like, staring up and looking into the sun or anything like that. But Where do you get the glasses from? Like, is it a place you have to go to buy them or mail for them or uh, make them yourself? Honestly, they're pairs of glasses that I've had for a while since the last eclipse. So... I just held on to them, and they're like those, like rinky dink. Um, you you remember those three D glasses that? Oh, in the theaters or? Uh, no, I'm talking about the ones, the black, the the red and the blue. Oh, those, those, those like those, but with like whatever polarized or whatever lenses they have in there that make it okay for your eyes. Yep, yep, exactly. Okay. So that's what I was wearing to to look at the sun. Uh, since uh, Utah was was within the path, I know a lot of people were um, coming to Utah just to be able to see the total oh. eclipse. So, but uh, I didn't get a chance to see the total eclipse. It was just part of it, but it was uh. cool. And then, of course, I've been playing uh, some more GTA and Guild Wars. I I play a lot of Guild Wars too, and um, that's because. My significant other absolutely loves that game, so I play it quite frequently. I'm always I'm always impressed that people still play GTA Five because it's so it's been so many years, and I always assume like oh that's like a ten year old game like who who still plays that? And apparently it's whatever you know they designed it well because it's still incredibly popular like ten years later. Honestly, it's just because of Voss. Voss tends to like plug a game in and say, "Hey everybody, let's play this game," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> but, but it's not just you guys though, because like I, I have other friends who who regularly play. They've added so much content to that game that it just it's it's just got staying power. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm getting a little bit hungry, so it's all I that, think all it's, that st- sun staring. I think it's that time. So here we go, and it, this is a good special Halloween um fortune cookie. for you guys. So here you go. It, it's kind of like a black cookie, so. That's not ominous. Looks. So it says, hmm. Three can keep a secret if you get rid of two in bed with a cookie. That's that's ominous. <laughs> that is, is that is really is it ominous. telling you to kill people? Is that what I, the cookie is saying? I, 
I don't know. I mean, wow. Is that legal? <laughs> I mean, is it telling you, like, don't tell secrets at all? I think it's telling you to kill people you've told secrets to. <laughs> That's spooky. So, oh, so speaking of which, so I know that right speaking now it's usually a, 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 you know, usually this is a break, right? But I have a story about a cookie. Ooh. So, well, let's hear it. Here we go. It was a dark and stormy night, and little Rue was out searching for his favorite cookie. He had hidden it in a secret spot in the forest, but now he couldn't remember where it was. As Rue wandered deeper into the woods, he began to feel uneasy. The wind howled through the trees, and shadows danced in every direction. Suddenly, Rue heard a twig snap behind him. He spun around, but there was nothing there. He shrugged it off and continued his search, but this feeling of being watched lingered, and Rue couldn't shake it. Every noise made him jump, and every movement made him freeze. As the storm grew stronger, Rue realized he was lost. He had no idea where he was, and this cookie was still missing. Fear consumed him and he began to run frantically through the forest, searching for any signs of his cookie or a way out. However, as he ran, the shadows seemed to grow larger, and the wind howled louder. Suddenly, Rue tripped and fell, his paw landing on something hard and cold. He looked down to see his cookie, but it was covered in dirt and leaves. As he reached out to grab it, a cold hand grabbed his paw. Rue screamed as he was dragged into the shadows. His cookie falling from his grasp. He never found it again. And was never seen again either. But some say he was taken by a witch who had been watching him search for his cookie all along. But no one knows the truth. And the forest remains a place of mystery and terror. Ah, <laughs> that just sends chills down my spine. Hey, at least I'm here. You know, this, you somebody cookie, did find me. Unless it's, you have your is cookie, like... so that's how you know it's fiction. <laughs> ah, well, um, as you guys know, today's episode we are going to be doing. Our Halloween episode, like I like we were talking about. So these are stories that have either been sent o- over by listeners or um, they are stories that have been written by the cast itself. So um, and we have a special, lovely audio guy, that, our audio guest. His name is Charlie Tin, and he is the voice uh, for a lot of these uh, particular characters that you'll be hearing. So. A big shout out for Charlie.
we're back. You know, Rube, that's, uh, hearing you tell that story just now, or hearing that story rather being told just now, um, reminds me that, uh, uh, I would like to tell you a story. Not one that I wrote myself, of course. I'm, uh, I'm a talentless hack, but, uh, it turns <laughs> out one of our, uh, one of our listeners submitted us a, a story, and I figure, uh, we should read it. So, how about a, a fantastic story, Rube? I'm I'm all for it, but I do want to add, Nuka. You did a story last year, and that one was very well done. Well, thank you. Uh, so you are not a talent, talentless hack. I am a talentless hack, but I appreciate it. So this <laughs> this story is called "Alone on the Path," and it is by Rally, uh, edited by uh, Ro Cash. I hope I said that right. <clears throat> I like how it starts. So, fuck this, fuck them, fuck me. Realizing he had just screamed this out loud, the raccoon gazed around the park path to see if anyone had heard him, but there was not another soul in sight. The only object that greeted his gaze was another lamppost that illuminated the path ahead. A gust of cold wind assailed him and forced a shiver down his body. He lifted his shoulders and balled his paws into fists in his hoodie pockets. The cold hissed across his snout sticking out from the opening of his hoodie. He held his paws to his nose for a moment and blew warm breath to it, which fogged in his view. He stomped his feet while he muttered to himself. He bit his lower lip to stop his eyes from welling with tears. Acting out was all he could do to keep himself from weeping further, and he didn't want to draw any attention to himself. Luckily, all was quiet except for the sound of his own stomping footsteps and his own occasional cursing. Whenever he tried to stay focused on getting home or just trying to quiet his brain, his mind just dragged him back to the pain. He replayed the ridiculing laughter, insults, and hurtful words, as if fate had put the cruel playlist on repeat. Every mocking word was like another knife wound, but the final blow was when his ride refused to take him, with a brutal, fuck off. He looked around the narrow park path as he heard his own steps echo off fences and barriers to his sides. There was no one around and he had just a few more miles to walk home. It wasn't too cold, but he didn't want to be out for more than an hour. You can really pick your friends, Roy, he muttered sarcastically to himself while sniffing. How in the fuck was I supposed to know Jan was a lesbian, Roy asked himself in thought. His chest grew tight as a look of resent and disgust from the ferret girl's face played back in his head. He hated himself for thinking there could be anything romantic between them and even felt a little used, since she had no interest in him outside of having him pay for coffees and lunches. And, to add insult to injury, Tony, his so-called friend and ride to the party, tried to cop a feel. Roy knew Tony believed that everyone was gay and just hadn't found out yet. He thought he had made it clear that to, to Tony that he wasn't into guys at all, but apparently that wasn't enough for Tony. So when he asked Tony to drive him home after being laughed out of the party, Tony told him to fuck off. I'm worthless, I only attract gay people, and no one will ever love me, Roy thought. He felt himself sink deeper into an abyss of despair, darker than the asphalt path he was walking on, trying to get home. I'll never be happy. I'm always alone, he whimpered to himself. He turned his head suddenly, when something had registered in the corner of his eye. A wolf, with gray fur, dressed in a tan hoodie, was walking the same path and moving fast enough to overtake him. Roy blushed deep crimson and turned his eyes away, already deeply embarrassed, even though he wasn't certain if the bystander had heard anything. He was doing his best to avoid conversation. 
He walked through the light's edge at the next lamppost, thinking it was more than enough time for the stranger to pass him. He raised his head to his left and saw the wolf grinning at him, walking directly beside him. The wolf's eyes were wrong. They were far too dark. But Roy looked away out of instinct before he could get a good glance. Instead, Roy just minded his own business and picked up on his pace. The round light from the next lamppost came and went. Roy had to look again just as his face caught the wolf's fist. Pain swelled as his eyes clenched shut from the impact, the tension twisting off into the grass to the right of the path. Roy's paws grasped at his snout while he rocked for a moment before sitting up. What the f- Roy tried to scream before the wolf got onto his knees astride the raccoon and fired another fist hard onto his cheek. Another fist hit again, playing Roy's face like a drum rhythm that barely rested a beat between strikes. He tasted red copper and felt the impact on each strike. Once the drumming died down, Roy took a glance at his assailant. There were no whites to the wolf's eyes. They were mostly black with pale blue iris. The wolf panted with his tongue hanging out. There was a growl from the wolf just before it smacked Roy square on the nose. He cried out, whimpering, while he shut his eyes and pushed his nose. You're worthless, the wolf shouted. No one will ever love you. A wide, toothy grin splayed across the wolf's muscle, and it seemed as if the pale blue in his eyes glowed. The wolf reached down to its own crotch and unzipped the fly of his jeans. Roy panicked and writhed between the wolf, or beneath the wolf. He pushed left and right, turning himself under the wolf and using every muscle he had to try and break free. His right leg managed to come out from under the wolf, and he kicked the wolf hard in the chest, sending it flying back. He got up to his feet quickly and started running, speeding past several of the lampposts before he turned to look behind him. The wolf was gaining on him again, his tongue hanging out the side of its muzzle as it pursued him. You'll never be happy, the wolf roared. You'll always be alone. Roy stopped dead in his tracks. Everything the wolf was saying was familiar, as if it had gotten into his head and was listening to his thoughts. He turned and watched as the wolf drew closer, running on all fours towards him. A glint of light showed out of its claw tips, which made clickety-clack sounds when the impact of the asphalt. You don't fucking know me, Roy screamed back. The wolf lunged toward him in a pounce. He threw his fist forward and connected with the wolf's jaw, sending it back against the asphalt with a loud thump, collapsing into a pile of itself. Roy didn't wait for another second and booked it down the path. His legs burned like he had acid in his veins. He kept running for what felt like a minute before he hunkered over. He realized it was he was too out of shape to be running a marathon like that. His surroundings looked familiar. He realized he was close to home. He turned around, looking at his attacker, but all that was there was the black of night and the path with lamppost lights every few yards. There was not another soul in sight. He felt the urge to briskly walk home. Was... Was that even real? He asked himself, while clutching his head. He could never be sure if the howl he heard in response was in his own head or real. Sometimes he heard it again when he was alone. A woo. <laughs> the scariest part of that story, of course, is the open a wooing, which uh, deserves a fine, I think. So <laughs> that's that's the real horror. Well, I have to ask. What is your favorite part of Halloween, Nuka? My favorite part of Halloween? Oh, gosh. It's so hard to choose. Um, does somebody fa- I mean, I know that a lot of people say that Halloween is their favorite holiday, right? For, you know, some folks it's Christmas or their birthday. Um, but I feel like more and more folks, especially like millennials and onward, say it's Halloween. And I guess, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about Halloween. 
Um, for me, oh God, it's probably... I want to say that I've grown up and that it's not the candy, uh, but the candy is a big part of it. I won't lie. <laughs> the readily available fun size candy bars is, is a big appeal to me. Um, also, just the silliness of it. I like the fact that uh, we've all kind of collectively agreed to act silly on Halloween and like just you know dress up and uh, put out goofy decorations. So for me, that's part of the appeal is it's everyone being a kid. Uh, what about you, Rue? Uh, you know, I I just I love that in the office, like people decorate their cubicles <laughs> and there's like one day where it's like people just aren't serious on that. day, mm-hmm. And um, it's just nice to be able to have that particular day. But plus being a furry, it's also super, super helpful to be able to to do things that you normally couldn't get away with. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's great because I think as a furry, I mean, part of our shtick is that, like, you know, we in some ways we're we're kids that never quite grew up, right? Like we like our our fantasy themes or our science fiction theme stuff, and Halloween's like the one time where we get to to be openly goofy, and we kind of get the cover of um, uh, of Halloween. I remember when I first um started fursuiting years and years ago. I was still in grad school, and I remember I I, I wore I no one knew that I had a fursuit. Uh, and I just showed up with it on Halloween and everyone kind of thought, oh, is that like a really elaborate Halloween costume? I'm like, yeah, that's what that is. And I got away with it because, you know, this this uh, this time is when everyone's allowed to be a little goofy. So um, there's a certain appeal to it. <laughs> so, Nuka, I have to I have to ask. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning and I'm sorry to sidetrack a little bit, but here we go. No worries. The, um, you talked a little bit about some new things that are happening with first science, right? Yes. So, um, you know, I actually have a story that's related to that. Okay, let's hear it. Dr. Vasilier, uh, go ahead and explain to us what happened. Well, uh, all right. Um, here goes. I was working late one night at the first science research lab. I had heard rumors about strange occurrences happening in the building, but I never believed them. That was until I saw Nuka, the blue cat researcher, walking down the hall in his lab coat. There was something different about him. His eyes were glowing an eerie red, and his once friendly demeanor had turned into a menacing stare. I tried to ignore it, but every time I saw Anuka, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was terribly wrong. Then, one night, I heard strange noises coming from the lab where Nuka was working. I cautiously approached and peeked in through the window. What I saw made my blood run cold. Nuka was hunched over something on the table. But it wasn't any experiment I had ever seen before. He was a grotesque creature. Half animal, half machine. With wires and tubes protruding from its body. Nuka was muttering to himself, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. Suddenly, the creature's eyes just snapped open, letting out a blood-curdling scream. I tried to run, but Nuka had already heard me. He turned to face me, and I saw that 
His eyes had turned completely red. I knew that I was in grave danger. I managed to escape that night, but I never saw Nuka again. To this day, I still wonder what happened to him and what kind of experiments he was conducting at first science. But one thing is for certain. I will never forget the terror I felt when I saw Nuka in that lab, and I always wonder if he was a cat or something else entirely. I knew it was a mistake to let someone get away. <laughs> <laughs> so Nuka, what are you really going to be researching? Well... What did the fortune cookie say, Rue? It said that uh, three three people keeping a secret. You got to get rid of two of them. So, <laughs> do you do you, do you want to be one of those people? Ah, no, I I already I already got dragged away once this episode. I don't need to be dragged away again. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to Halloween. So, like, what are some of your favorite candies? Okay, so yeah, we gotta we gotta have this conversation because I don't know if this was just me and my siblings, right? But there was like an entire economy of trick or treating, uh, 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 what you got, right? So, so you're you're collectible. So it was always the case that we'd go out and we'd you know get a a pillowcase full of candy. I see kids these days with like the little plastic pumpkin buckets. I'm like, what? I'm like we see a pillowcase and it was a big ass pillowcase. You'd go out for like four hours and just fill the whole pillowcase and you'd have candy for weeks or months uh, but you go and you, you pour it on the floor and then you go through it and you sort it out and stuff and that's when the the bargaining began and, and you sibling. pick and you pick out the razor blades as well oh yeah well no you, you keep some of those in for flavor <laughs> but um but then the bargaining began if you had siblings or if you went out with friends that's when the bargaining began because like certain things are like gold tier right so your snickers bars your Reese's peanut butter cups those are like the go-to's those are the you're not getting this. You can't trade me enough for these. But then you start negotiating about things like, you know, I'm willing to trade away my raisins. No one likes getting raisins. So I would trade those things away in a heartbeat. Um, there was a little, I don't know if anyone else had these. There's like, they were always in like orange wrappers with like little black bats on them. And they're like these like nasty molasses caramel candies. Did you oh, guys get yeah. Those? Like they're old people candy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, who does anyone and may, maybe this is like what my parents used to, to eat when they would go uh, for Halloween. I'm like, does anyone eat these? Does anyone want to get these? And the thing is, is when you unwrap them, the paper. Would oh, the paper stick always sticks to inside them. of it. Yeah, it's like 40 percent paper when you eat the damn thing. So I would always trade those <laughs> things away. Um, But yeah, the little mini chocolate bars were always the go to's. Um, Yeah, those are my big ones. Uh, licorice was always good for me. I, I we had this great thing where I like licorice and my siblings didn't. So licorice was like at a discount for me. I could trade away some stuff that I didn't want that much and be sure to get a whole bunch of licorice. So that was always great. Twizzlers were fantastic. Um, oh, what's the, uh, the, um, the, 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 the little Popeye, I remember the, the, the Popeye sugar candy, the sugar sticks. I don't know if you guys had them down there or not, but they're, or, or, or like, sometimes they're called like little oh, the, candy bones. Like the pixie sticks? Not the pixie, they're like a hard white stick. But it's not like it's not it's hard like and it's like like little bones almost like you bite into them and they're crunchy. Oh, like the cigarette stick. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like the yeah the candy cigarette things. Yeah, those were always good. I like those. Um, I always enjoyed those. Of course, my favorite was always cookies. I mean, come on. Did you, you ever know? get cookies? Did you ever get cookies while trick or treating? No, 
to be honest, not really. So uh, and most of the time it was definitely, you know, Snicker bars and, um, you know, it was always nice when you'd find somebody that would give you king size sometimes. Okay, uh, so ab- about that, I always had a goal. And I'm, I'm doing it for the first time this year. My goal when I was a kid, I always wanted to be the house that gave out full-size chocolate bars. I remember there was always <laughs> a couple of rich houses when I would go out trick-or-treating and they would either give out full cans of soda or full chocolate bars. I'm like, that's going to be me one day. And so this year, my roommates were buying Halloween candy. I'm like, no, 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 no. This year, we're not getting the little fun size bars. I'm going all out. I can, I, I can, I'm a professor now. I'm making that, that, that mad professor money. We went out. We bought like 100 chocolate bars. I'm going to be the house that gives out full size chocolate bars. And I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag life goals. Slash what happens is nobody will show up. My goodness, trick or treating nowadays. <laughs> trick or treating nowadays, people don't show up at your door. It's all the I don't know. Maybe it's different in other areas, but here in Utah, they've created these things called trunk or treats. What? And yeah, so what happens is people go down to like a church parking lot and everybody like decorates their um decorates their trunks and of their car and the kids walk around to the cars and do trunk or treat where's the fun in that they don't go to anybody's house they don't go knock on anybody's house i I just i do notice that i mean not not the trunk or treating thing i've never heard that before but i do notice that uh in recent years I just see fewer kids going around. I didn't know if that was just my area. I thought I was kind of chalking some of that up to the pandemic and saying, okay, well, they shut that down for the pandemic. But I figured, you know, we're post-pandemic now. We're long enough out of it that surely that will come back. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if it's a thing or whatever, but that's just something that I've noticed, that people go to, to random people's houses less and less. And you know what, Nuka? I actually have a story that's related to that. Oh. Well, let's hear it. It was one of those cold Halloween evenings that sent shivers down your spine and made you want to stay indoors. But Sammy the Corgi and his fox brother Rue were brave enough to venture out. Their tails wagging excitedly, they were in the mood for a spooky Halloween adventure, and the woods seemed like the perfect place to find it. As they strolled deeper into the forest, the trees loomed above them like giants, casting long shadows on the ground. The rustling of leaves and occasional hoot of an owl were the only sounds to be heard. But then, a strange howling sound pierced the silence. A deep guttural noise sent shivers down Sammy's spine. Rue's fur stood on end as he looked around nervously. Despite their fear, the two brothers couldn't resist the urge to investigate. They followed the sound to the woods, their senses on high alert. Soon, they stumbled upon an old abandoned cabin that looks like it's been untouched for years. The door creaked open ominously as if inviting them inside. Once they stepped over the threshold, Sammy and Rue were greeted by a sight that made their hearts race. 
The cabin was dark and dusty, cobwebs covering every surface. But that wasn't the scariest part. For you see, there was a horde of spooky creatures that emerged from the shadows, each one more terrifying than the last. There were sparkling vampires with sharp things, sexy hot werewolves with glowing eyes, and even a mummy bound to a cross with bandages. Sammy and Rue knew that they had to act fast. They turned to run, but the creatures were hot on their heels. The chase was on, and it was a close one. They weaved through the trees, dodging bats and other creepy crawlies along the way. But just when it seemed like they were doomed, they burst out of the cabin and into the cool night air. As they caught their breath, Sammy and Rue looked at each other with relief. It had been a spooky adventure, but they were glad to be safe and sound. They continued on their walk, happy to have each other's company on this Halloween night and the telephone number of that hot, sexy werewolf. And that's how you became furries. I get it now. Ha ha. No, but I still have that hot, sexy werewolf's telephone <laughs> number, so, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to call that a little bit later, Nuka. You you can call it. I'm uh, more of a, 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 a vixen person myself. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think of a species name. Like uh. <laughs> okay, before we change topics on the candy, because I realize we're moving on, but I, I have to ask two very controversial questions when it comes to Halloween candy. All right. Okay. So you just Go let me it. know yes or no for these candies. All right. You don't have to justify it or explain it. Tootsie rolls, yes or no. Mm, it depends. So yeah, uh, I will say yes. I love Tootsie Rolls. And again, it's another one of those candies where I loved it, my siblings hated it, so it was super easy to get those. Uh, and then the other ones, I think... I, okay, I like so the ca- fruity ones. I, the fr- I like the fruity ones the best. Like oh, see, the... I, I like the fruity ones, but not as much as the originals. Mm, see, the originals were the past ones. Those were ones that I would be like, okay, I want to pawn this off. Okay. Are the last things that I would eat, but if it were they were the fruit ones, then the fruit ones I would were be good. all over them. All right, and then the other one, this one is, is controversial as well. Uh, we call them rockets here in Canada. I think you guys call them Smarties, the little like pucks of of condensed or, or compacted sugar. Uh, yep. Pass or 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 uh, or yes, smash or pass. Um, I I would say that would probably be one of those past candies. I would eat some of them, but then after you eat a few, then it's like, oh man, I really want to have something else. Something better, <laughs> yeah. And was there, okay, so at our school, there was always a rumor. It seemed like every school had a rumor that there was some kid who crushed them up and snorted them. No one actually ever did it, but there was always a rumor that someone <laughs> did it. Did you have that? No, I never no? Okay. did. I never had that rumor, but I could see a kid trying that. But let me tell you, that would that would hurt. Oh, right. I'm like, no one does that. <laughs> okay, so you so you'd mentioned you'd mentioned um, like this trunk or treat thing. I'm still I'm still on that. Um, that to me, it sounds like you're losing something. You're losing some of like only this idea that you have to work for it. Like at the end of the night, you have this this bag full of candy, and you feel like you really worked for it. I feel like I wouldn't get that same sense of accomplishment walking around a parking lot for 15 minutes, right? So when you were a kid, did you did you go out and do long trick-or-treating stints, like hour to three hours of trick-or-treating? I did. I was one of those uh, trick-or-treaters that had the best of both worlds. 
what would happen is I, I would go out to, to the neighbors and uh, go do some trick-or-treating. And then I, I there was trunk or treat during my my time. Oh, so you and have to do they both. were they were actually brand new at that time, and so oh. I'd have like a whole bunch of candy, and then wow, just get after more. Just just fifteen minutes of just walking around. Let me tell you, I thought that tr- trunk or treat was the sh- shiznit. It was good. Oh, man. It was good stuff because you could get so much candy. Um, but yeah, I never thought as an adult that I would be like, oh, wow, nobody comes to anybody's houses because of these trunk or treats. Well, I, I was going to ask you about strategy. Did you ever have like, like, uh, tactics or strategies when you were a kid? Did you figure out like the most efficient ways to go trick or treating or the best places to go? Like, you know, do you hit up the rich neighborhoods or do you like, for, I'll explain what I mean. For, for me, we always targeted apartment buildings. That was uh-huh. always the go-to because uh, I'm from Canada and North Northern Alberta was really, really cold. By, by the time October 31st uh, came around, it was usually snowing. So it was usually pretty bloody cold. So your ability to go out for lengths of time was limited by how cold it was. But if you could find an apartment complex, you would, you'd, you'd ring one of the buzzers and say trick or treat and usually they'll let you in. And then you, you, you'd be inside for a few minutes. So it was like a, a chance to warm up and all the doors were really close. So you could super efficiently do like 20, 20 doors, really rapid fire. And the best part was a lot of those folks weren't expect like they, they would buy a bowl of candy and they'd only get very few trick-or-treaters. So you get a lot more candy. Cause like, oh, no one's coming. So blah, here's a bunch of candy. That was always our strategy. <laughs> I don't know if you had strategies like that as a kid or not. You know, for me, it was go to the ones that had their porch lights on. And mm. just avoid the ones. Don't that waste don't the time have. on the ones with no light because they're not interested. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There was some times that I did. You ever have like some bad experiences? Like, did you ever knock on a door and like somebody's like, "I don't believe in that type of stuff." Or... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. I mean, again, usually, usually they they wouldn't. I mean, if they left their light on or if they, you know, if they didn't put a sign, some people put a sign, right? But if you're dumb enough to not put a sign and then act surprised when trick-or-treaters come up to your door, like, that's on you, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say one of the, my favorite things that happened to me when we were at trick-or-treating, I still remember this years later, we were doing an apartment complex, and we knock on the one door, and it opens up, and it's like a, like a 20-year-old guy, like, like, a, like a, a dude bro. And he's like, oh, shit, it's Halloween, I forgot, hold on a second. And I watch him run into his apartment, right? And he's like ruffling through his cupboards and stuff, and he's like, Man, are you going to eat these cookies? Yeah, I'm eating these cookies. Hold on. Okay. How about the Pop-Tarts? No, you can give them the Pop-Tarts. And they give us Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? As a kid, I got Pop-Tarts and I was like, yeah. Oh, those kicked out. I was so happy. It was just funny though. They, got, they hadn't planned for it. It's like, I'm not letting you get, not letting you kids go without something. And Pop-Tarts kicked <laughs> ass. It was great. And I, I remembered it like 20 years later. I still remember it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I've, I've had some situations. So as as a kid, Halloween was just I don't know, Halloween was just amazing. I I mm-hmm. loved it, but you know, growing older and seeing like how do you, how do you feel like that it's changed since me and you were younger? We talked a little bit like about the trunk or treat. Trunk or treat do you yeah. feel like it's changed for you? Yeah, I feel like there's something like, you know, this is probably a bit of nostalgia, but I felt so wholesome when I was a kid. I also noticed little things like I, I hear more about things like um, 
malls and stuff are doing things for kids where it's like all the stores will put out candy and kids can like walk through the mall and i'm like that wasn't a thing when i was a kid <laughs> also costumes are like more part of the again this might just be me when i was younger part of it was you made your own costume right you whatever you had you, you know even if you were were uh, i came from a fairly poor family like even if it was just you know stapling some cardboard together to make a shitty little costume you made it yourself but nowadays so much more it just seems like go to the the halloween store which wasn't a thing when i was a kid and like go go buy the costume right of whatever is popular now uh we always made our costumes every year we made our costumes and so i don't know if kids do that anymore or not well spirit halloween was not a thing yeah like i don't remember spirit halloween mm-hmm. like yeah, you're right. A lot of my costumes were costumes that that we made. Um, and I had a really kick-ass costume. I had this, like, costume that I made that looked like a, um old granny was <laughs> giving a piggyback ride to a uh, Oh, to those a piggyback ones. Those are so yeah. cool. So we made that. We made uh, <laughs> it out of, like, pantyhose. Like, that was the grandma's face. And... <laughs> I I wore like girl shoes. Um it was great. I always won every single Halloween contest with that one. Um one of the Halloween contests that I won, I was upset. I was upset. I was a lion and I was super excited about showing off my lion mane, but yep. the contest person thought that I needed to have um have my costume brushed out. So oh. they gave me a comb. For my prize as oh, a child, gasp. like that was so offensive because my mane was all mangy. How dare you? Yeah, I know, right? And I still remember that to this day. Um, you never recovered. Other, yeah, never ever recovered. Uh, one of my other favorite Halloween uh, costumes was I was wearing. Oh. I I was in grade school and I was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and this lady cut came up to me. Uh so for my for my boobs I had um balloons in yeah. there. And this grown ass adult woman came up to me and said, "Hey hon, you're a little bit lopsided." <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought that was going to go a lot creepier. Okay, that's funny. I thought it was going to go like a really creepy direction real quick. I'm like, oh, God. No, it's funny. So I, ju- so I just adjusted myself Readjust, and yeah. I was on, yeah, on my merry way. So <laughs> how about yourself? What are some of your uh, Halloween costumes that you remember? I remember one year I went as a Lego brick. Which oh, that's was, cool. Yeah, I, 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 again, it was, my family was pretty poor. So you got a cardboard box, right? You go, go to the dumpster and grab a cardboard box. And like basically you just sort of, Put had the box around you. We painted it yellow, and then we put like a. I think we just made little like the little parts that stick out in the front or whatever. It was like a two by three Lego brick that I went as, and it was yellow, and it was it was big and cumbersome. But the cool thing was you could like staple the um the the pillowcase to the inside of it with you, so I didn't have to carry my pillowcase. I just had to sort of walk around with my arms in the box, and uh, you know the pillowcase was kind of supported by it, so it made it easier to carry my. Uh, my uh my pillowcase full of um candy so that was cool um then not everyone was a winner i tried to go as mewtwo one year turns out the tail for mewtwo is really really heavy and hard to support 
Like uh-huh. I, I made one using like paper, like newspaper wrapped around an unbent coat hanger, so I get the shape all right and stuff. And it like the shape worked great. And then I realized what what many furries would discover years later is like, oh, you have to attach that tail to yourself somehow. And when the tail weighs like fifteen pounds, um, it doesn't want it, to. It won't stick to a, a belt loop by itself. <laughs> So it was it was terrible slogging that thing around. It was like one of my biggest regrets as a uh, Halloween costume. We're trying to lug that stupid thing around. So one of my regrets was that granny costume because yeah. I'd wear it a lot like throughout the years. And as I'd grown bigger and bigger, Uh-oh. it just didn't look as good. It was less compelling. It, less compelling. Um, it's like, Kate, have you seen on, I'm sure on like TikTok or like, I I don't really watch TikTok, but like YouTube shorts or a video of a child being kidnapped by an alien. Uh, yes. Okay. So think of that, but think about him at, as a grown-ass adult in that costume. Hmm. So it, it didn't quite work as well. <laughs> so there was one time that, that I wore it and people were like, that looks like I don't know. It wasn't appropriate. It, it, they yeah. they basically told me that it looked like that I had a gigantic penis instead of oh, like God. It, yeah, sorry, <clears throat> I didn't mean to say that on the episode. Oh, I've said worse things, but yes, <laughs> it was embarrassing. So I didn't wear that uh, costume again because you know, as I grew bigger, that um, the Halloween costume wasn't impressive and kids can be mean. So. It does make me sad that as you get older, it's like we can't. You know, I couldn't go out Hall- I couldn't go trick or treating, and it kind of makes me sad that you know, as teenagers or as young adults, I'm like, when I was in college, I would have loved to still be allowed to go trick or treating. I-, I have better costume ideas now than I ever had as a kid. I'm like, oh man. And it's like if you go all out, people look at you like you're like weird. I don't know, but then they have adult parties and stuff like that that you can go. To, I don't want to but... go to a party. I want I, I want to go out just like tr- I, I want to take a fucking pillowcase and go around and get candy like in a, you know like i was as a kid it, I, i'm sad that we have to grow out of that maybe what you do is you have a costume that has like these little children robots or something you know <laughs> or you just borrow people's children borrow kids <laughs> <laughs> uh and go around with them and then and then say oh this is for johnny that isn't with me <laughs> The one thing I always wanted to do was reverse trick-or-treating. I don't know if I heard about this somewhere or if a friend came with the idea. It's not my idea. But go around with a door frame or a door, right? And just, like, park in front of someone else's door and ring the doorbell. When they open it, you open your door and you hand them candy and then close your door. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be a really funny idea. (laughs) Well, Nuka, um, I think it's time for us to, you know... Take a little bit of break, probably brush off our broomsticks and, you know, check on the um, the brew that we've been brewing in the back. And... I got to check on my glowing eyes. This is a little weird. I don't know if you noticed. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back in a few minutes for more spooky stories.
Well, that was a great break. I got my brew. I got my my broom was clean. My eyes are still um, glowing though. I oh. I, I hope you that don't goes away. To put those away. Please put your wires back inside you. We know that you're the robot. You're just an animatronic. Secrets, Rue. Secrets and people with secrets. Remember. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I remember that fortune. Did you slip that fortune in? Because that... I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> so speaking of um, secrets, that was speaking a of transitions. Segue. <laughs> yes, transitions are great. So um, I just wanted to point out we have another great uh, email that was sent to us and another story that was sent to us. Nuka, do you want to go ahead and read that? I do. So this story is by Pixel Paws, and it is, uh, I think it's called Horrible Human Horror Story. So I will, let's see if I can do this one in a more narrative tone. <clears throat> the night was dark, just a narrow sliver of the moon illuminating the trees. The sky, pristine, with plenty of stars twinkling, like a cosmic canvas beset with shimmering gems. A fire crackled and hissed down in the middle of the woods, sending chaotic shadows stretching in every direction. Halloween's Eve had come again, and the For What It's Worth crew was celebrating another successful spooky edition of the podcast, all wrapped up. Tired after a long day of planning, recording, taking several cookie breaks, re-recording, and then... Spending a half hour trying to say all the show names simultaneously, the group sat in a circle around the <laughs> fire. Rue was munching cookies, his fur beginning to look spotted brown with all the crumbs he was dropping. Sammy was busy explaining his latest conquests in Baldur's Gate, still chasing Halson to try to get a piece of his, the be his bear booty. Nuka was regaling the group with the latest stats on the furry community's opinion on candy corn. Click was lamenting the fact that he accidentally bought his ninth motorcycle, while Voss was hiding in his listening booth, uh, tent, daydreaming about what it would be like to go racing down the highway in a hot pink Ferrari, guns blazing. Time passed quickly for the crew as they watched the flames dance, enjoying the relaxed atmosphere that only came with being such good friends. As the clock struck midnight, a bone-chilling wind suddenly blew through the campsite, bringing with it a dense fog that clung to the ground. The tree branches trembled as the mighty gust extinguished the fire and threatened to toss away their tents, plunging the group into darkness. Startled, Rue hopped up from his seat and immediately lost his balance, stepping on his tail and doing a faceplant in the dirt with a yelp. Much to his dismay, he watched as his cookie popped out of his paws on impact and rolled away into the fog. Losing a cookie was obviously not an option, so the wine-red fox scrambled to his paws and dashed after the delicious golden-brown disc of deliciousness without a moment's hesitation. As an aside, how many of these stories involved start with you losing your cookie? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. He stumbled around, trying desperately to find it, so focused on retrieving his snack that the little fox somehow completely missed the spooky creaking and ominous green glow that shone from where he had just been around the campfire moments ago. Finally, our intrepid fox spied his cookie and pounced upon it with glee. It may not have been a bed, but he was certainly in dirt with the cookie. Hugging his prize, he froze at the moaning of several voices echoing between the trees. Every single strand of hair stood on end as Ruth slowly turned around, 
The fog around the fire had cleared. Five tents were barely standing, and the campsite was in disarray. Stumbling through the darkness, Rue found his seat and grabbed a flashlight that had been stored in a zippered pouch at its side. He clicked it on and nervously swept it around, looking for the source of the otherworldly noises. That's when he saw the first one. Some movements on the far side of a tree made him quickly point the lights toward it as something stumbled around the trunk and into his cone of vision. It was Sammy, but he was strange. His fur was completely gone, except for random spots on his head. And in its place, a horrifying, elastic, pink-looking material. He was wearing clothes? And also, what were those horrible foot containment cages that were stuck to his paws? He was slowly shambling toward Rue, a headset on his ear, while he explained to someone how to reset their password for the tenth time. Rue screamed in horror, turning away from the horrifying creature that Sammy had transformed into, making a mental note that he had finally discovered a form of TF that he wasn't into. <laughs> As he whirled around to escape, <laughs> he was stopped in his tracks by two more of these creatures. They could only have been Vaus and Click standing there in a daze while facing each other. They wore blue jeans and motorcycle jackets, and for some reason, a bunch of unfinished DIY projects were strewn about behind them. Seemingly caught in an endless loop, the two repeated the same words over and over with each other in conversation. What have you been up to? Nothing. What have you been up to? Nothing. What have you been up to? Nothing. Rue screamed again, backing away from the horrific scene quickly until he tripped over the seats, doing a backward roll and landing tail up. When he opened his eyes, another terrifying specimen was staring down at him, dressed in a lab coat and holding a clipboard. Springing to his feet, Rue pointed the flashlight at the transformed Nuka, shielding his eyes when the beam of light bounced off his furless head and back at the fox. It stared, scribbling something on its clipboard before looking at Rue in the eyes as he adjusted his glasses. Statistically, there's about a one in a million chance that he would undergo sense of transformation. Interesting. Rue screamed yet again, trying to reverse, only to discover that he had been surrounded by the skin-fleshed, furless plantigrade monsters. He looked at all of them one at a time, dropping to his knees and pulling out his emergency cookie to hold. Oh, the humanity! You, you've all become normies! They all started laughing at the fox, pointing and chanting at him. He shut his eyes, waiting for the end, but instead the chanting grew more and more distant before becoming clear once again. Rue, wake up! Someone was shaking him on the shoulder. Opening his eyes, Rue found himself staring up at a blue, cloudy sky, stunned at the midday position, with his friends' faces all peering down at him. More importantly, they were all covered in fur from head to toe. What? Hey there, buddy, Sammy grinned. Sorry about that, we, we threw you out the window again before we went to break, and you landed on your head this time. But at least you're in one piece, Click added in. I'd have to crunch the numbers on it, but the chances of you landing like that were pretty small, Nuka wondered aloud. Bruce smiled at all of them as they bantered and decided to keep his wild dream to himself for now. Upstairs, Voss stuck his head out the window and hollered for them to get back up here to go to break because he had to run out of thing he'd run out of things to talk about. 
The crew climbed the stairs <laughs> together and entered the recording room, taking their places. After some more F for what it's worth antics, they threw it to the actual break this time. All right, we'll be right back after this short break. A collective sigh of relief went around the room. The segment was finally finished for now. It's getting so hot in here. Should we take a little breather? Click asked the rest. Rue naturally took this as a sign to get cookies and turned back to the rest, rummaging through his stash to pick something out. He grabbed a box of plastic chocolate chips and turned back around. Then immediately crashed to the ground as the sight that met him when he turned was too shocking to handle. Everyone was grabbing their heads, twisting them, pulling them up, and eventually off. Rue let out a final blood-curdling scream as the same fleshy monsters from his dream were sitting before him, wearing the fur of his friends. Come on, Rue, take your suit off. Happy Fuzzy Halloween. Ah. <laughs> uh... Uh, I, I, I'm done with this episode. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. No, no, no more. <laughs> I'm scared. Well, statistically, <laughs> you're right to be scared. You see? Ah! <laughs> I'm done. Well, if, if you'd like, we can, we can go back to our discussion about Halloween. I, I, for one, would be interested in discussing Halloween decorations. And the... As long as you put your, your head back Okay, on. give me a second. <laughs> All right, so uh, I noticed uh, we were talking about differences between the, the, the past times and today. Uh, people put a lot more effort into decorating for Halloween than they used to. Uh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the decorations go up a lot sooner. Like it used to be when I was a kid, like, you know, you know, the night before people might put up their decorations for Halloween. But like now it's sort of like the Christmas thing where people start decorating their houses like a month before Halloween. And I'm here for it, by the way. Yeah, I mean, like, let me tell you, Halloween decorations, like, I've seen some pretty great, big, huge, gigantic skeletons. Like, people go all out for Halloween sometimes. I think that what happens is, you know, us as kids, we we grow to love that holiday. And then as adults, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, you can't go do trick-or-treating anymore. And so they do basically what, what you're trying to do where where you're like i'm gonna be that house yes i'm gonna be that house, awesome house that has those king king size candy bars or i'm gonna have people you know come and, and here's the thing if you want to have trick-or-treaters if you do certain things like that people will come to your house to trick-or-treat yeah. and and i think that that's the other key thing too is to to be able to get more trick-or-treaters to come to your house is if you actually are putting stuff up. So I don't know. Make your house a spectacle. I, I I think it's like at this point, it's it's even bigger than Christmas sometimes to some yeah. people. Um okay, so here, here's the question I have about decorations. So more first of all, more people are decorating than used to. Uh but also there's like a cappiness or a kitschiness to it. Like I noticed that to me, I love the fact that people deliberately buy cheesy Halloween decorations. Like, I, I remember as a kid, occasionally someone would go all out to try to do, like, a, a genuinely scary house, like, with red lighting and, like, realistic, you know, gore effects and stuff like that. But more and more, I think that people have embraced the, the like, campiness of, like, just ridiculously silly, like, 
plastic skeletons. There's something so so delightfully kitschy about it, and they're everywhere, and I love it. I don't know about you if you, if you prefer like a more realistic decoration thing, or if like the silliness and stupidity of really cheesy Halloween decorations is more appealing to you. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm right in between. I like the horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very big horror fan. So having things that are really creepy, it's, it's really cool. But, but at the same time, when it gets to the super campy, happy stuff, there is sometimes have you noticed that there's gnomes? There's been a takeover of gnomes. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, in in Utah, I, I don't is know what it Utah is, thing? but it's every stupid holiday there are these stupid gnomes, <laughs> like and, holiday and I gnomes. I'm tired. Yeah, like like any type of gnome. There's Easter. Okay, then all of a sudden there's these like Easter bunny gnomes. What the hell? And let me tell you. Let me tell you, once you start seeing them, once you start seeing them, they are everywhere. And then they will drive you even (laughs) more nuts. So they now have Halloween gnomes. And I am like, I am done. Stop. Stop I don't want to see these stupid gnomes anymore. (laughs) Like gnomes are cute, but like we're talking about every single holiday. There is a you go to like a, a home decor place. And they have a fucking gnome of some sort of like a, in that particular holiday type type scene. There's a Thanksgiving gnome. <laughs> there's a Valentine's gnome. There is a there's a Santa Claus Christmas gnome. I mean, at least that makes more yeah. sense with the holiday, you know, Christmas. But anyways, <clears throat> sorry. Ah, I have to breathe in my bag. But that is like a trigger <laughs> point. Like those gnomes. Fuck them. Anyways. <clears throat> so what do you think, Nuka? As far as, um, you know, so you said that you I like the, the non-scary yeah. stuff. So I I, 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 I don't want to, like, scare kids. Like I, I agree, like, you know, for older kids, I think, I think if you want to scare kids, like, a, a haunted house is where you do that, right? Like, you go to a place with purpose, but I don't want to, I don't want some little six-year-old to be traumatized walking by my house, right? Um, that's it. I, I don't know what it is. Silly plastic skeletons are amazing. And I have I, you mentioned like like the fourteen foot tall skeletons. I want one yeah. so bad for my house. I almost <laughs> dropped four hundred dollars on one this year. If it didn't have animatronics, I I I would have gotten it. I'm not gonna. I don't want it. I just want it to like 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 a cheap plastic dollar store skeleton. I want the fourteen foot version of that. I want it to look cheap and stupid and fourteen feet tall. And and my roommates and I have agreed that if I can find one, we're gonna do it. And then we're going to keep it up because for, for Christmas, we're just going to take the same skeleton, but like put a giant Santa hat on it. And then for like Easter, we'll put giant Easter bunny ears on it or something. But I wanted to just like, I want to be the skeleton house with the, the 14 foot tall skeleton. That's the holiday skeleton. So you're going to like, instead of like the gnomes, you're going to have the skeleton that you're going to yeah, <laughs> The 14 foot for skeleton that Halloween. leans over onto our roof. That's what I want. I want it to be the holiday skeleton. <laughs> Well, I I think that that's a great idea. If you ever wanted to pick up one of those for cheap, what you should do is, let me tell you, the one thing that you don't know about me is I like a deal, 100%. (laughs) I am very much one of those people that's like, okay, is it on sale? You're a coupon cutter. (laughs) And if it's on sale, yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I don't coupon cut, but if it's on sale, 
then I can justify it to myself to buy it. So uh, that's how they get me. Um, but if you're ever wanting to get Halloween decorations, let me tell you that day after, mm, like, make yeah. sure, treat it like a Black Friday sale. Like, go out to Spirit Halloween or wherever you saw that gigantic skeleton or costume. And they'll be trying to get rid of the damn and, things, yeah. Yeah, and they'll be, like, 70% <laughs> off because they don't want to keep that in their inventory. I can get it just in time for Christmas. <laughs> exactly exactly and then you'll have it in time for next exactly. year <laughs> i'm uh so, i'm jonesing for another story here it's been, it's been too oh, long since you've had well, a story i think well so i know that you were talking a little bit about spookiness yeah, right spoopy. and one of the spooky things that you know that one of the things that creepy crawlies that come out is is zombies so, I have a zombie story. Let's hear it. Now, Click was a coyote who lived in a quiet forest surrounded by tall trees and lush greenery. He had a strong muscular build, sharp claws, and keen senses that he used to protect himself and his fellow animals from danger. One night, Click had a terrible nightmare about a zombie apocalypse. When he woke up, he was drenched in sweat and had a sense of unease in his heart. As he tried to shake off his bad dream, he heard strange noises coming from that there forest. With his curiosity piqued, Click slowly and cautiously peeked through the bushes and saw a group of zombies wandering around. He knew how dangerous zombies could be and how quickly they could infect and turn other animals into zombies. Without any hesitation, Click sprang into action, using his sharp claws and quick reflexes to fight off the zombies. Despite their numbers, Click was able to hold his own and keep them in bay. He darted around the forest, attacking the zombies one by one, dodging their attempts to capture him. As the night went on, Click began to feel exhausted. He felt like he was fighting an endless battle, but he refused to give up and continued to fight on. He used his wits and his keen senses to anticipate the zombies' moves and counter them. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, Click emerged victorious. The zombies were defeated and the force was safe once more. Click knew that he had faced his fears and came out stronger for it. From that day on, Click became known as a hero among the animals of the forest, and even though the memory of that night was still spooky, Click knew that he was brave enough to face anything that came his way. I'm not gonna lie, I kept thinking the whole time that the punchline was gonna be like, Sir, this is a spirit Halloween, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop attacking the mannequins. <laughs> I was waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> Ah, uh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> ah, I should have ran this story through you from from the beginning because that would have been funny. <laughs> All right. So I think we one one last thing I wanted to to bring up in our discussion about Halloween, and we we sort of touched on it already. That's the idea of like being an adult for Halloween. So, um, Halloween I guess means different things to adults and to kids. Uh, I know that even though I would personally like to go out trick or treating still, you know. The, the the young age of 37 
Um, I know that a lot of <laughs> folks, uh, Halloween becomes their favorite time of the year, not because of like trick or treating and stuff, but because it's like a huge party to them, right? So maybe maybe teenagers, it's like a chance to go out and prank and toilet paper houses or whatever. But as adults, it's like Halloween parties and stuff. And for a lot of folks, it's like, and this was weird to me because maybe I, I lived a very sheltered youth, but like I. I was genuinely surprised when I was like in my early twenties. I'm like, oh, like people go out and get real, you know, use it as an, ex an excuse to get really, really, really drunk, and apparently they do. <laughs> I don't know if that's been your experience or not. <laughs> oh well, you know, I have gone to a lot of different. Yes, one hundred percent. You go <laughs> go there, get uh drunk, uh, but one of the other things that I have I have seen is they will. They they'll play like um some some like Halloween games and different things like that. I don't know. Have you been to to many different parties? I have I have never been to a Halloween party before. Sorry, outside of like uh you know some some friends get together for like a board game that on Halloween. I've never actually been to like a proper Halloween party, and I I'm taken to understand that there's like a lot of drinking that happens at these things and stuff, and that for a lot of folks like this is like the biggest party of the year or one of the biggest ones. Something about Halloween just like no, no pun intended. Brings out the animal in them, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I am trying to. Tr so one one of the things that my friends have done in the past is they have had a Halloween uh, party where we had pizza, different things like that, and then they'll play like Fatal Frame. Mm. I don't know if you know that game. Yeah. Uh, so we'd Spooky play like some sort of like single player horror game and like take turns through it and we'd shut off all the lights and you know See, that would make kick it ass. really dark uh a b movie night would be great too i think if you were to do a uh, uh like you know b horror movie nights that's the kind of party i could totally get behind i could see as an <sighs> adult that being a fun way to do it me and you should should ha watch um troll 2 together because that is <laughs> my favorite favorite terrible horror movie is troll 2 do you know what troll 2 is um i know of them i've never watched it but i know that they have like this this reputation yes it is it is great mm. uh I, because we're on that topic what other horror movies do you like nuka so i was never a huge horror movie fan um like i i, I didn't i never liked well first of all i don't buy the premise of a lot of horror films so like if it involves the supernatural, I'm just out. Like, I don't believe in ghosts or things like that. So it's like, oh, the haunted spirit of a... I'm like, let me stop you right there. It's, that's glad that, that is going to do nothing for me. I don't... Yeah. Uh, however, I will say in the last couple of years, um, eh, longer than that, maybe the last like 10 years or so, uh, the Saw films. I don't know if they count as horror or not, but um, like, they're certainly not, like, they horror. count as gore movies. Yeah. Yes, they are gore. in the horror genre. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I so they're not super spooky, but yeah, I'm not a not a huge like Friday the thirteenth fan or Halloween or anything like that. None of the classic series. Uh never never been a big fan. How about you? So you mentioned Troll. Oh, I am a huge horror fan, one hundred percent. I lo I love watching but I'm more interested in like psychological thrillers. Mm. So like for example, like Sixth Sense is a horror movie. Does and... it count as horror? I get. I guess I never thought about it as a horror film, but I guess kind of. Yeah, kind yeah, okay. of, kind of. But those different types, and I know that that's like that's just one of them that's I I'm thinking of. But 
the the ones that make you kind of think a little bit. Um, I mean, I did like Insidious and um, What Lies Beneath, and I also liked Cabin in the Woods. I thought Cabin, like, the funny thing is, everybody that talks about Cabin in the Woods, they're like, oh, it's so scary. And I'm like, wait, I I thought that that was a, like, a comedy <laughs> type film. Well, <laughs> so- okay, so, so this, this one isn't horror at all. Um, it's got horror in the name. One of the traditions when I was in my early 20s, uh, one, of my, one of the traditions I used to do for a few years in a row was to go to Rocky Horror Picture Show, the, the, the Halloween screenings of them where everyone dresses up and goes to a theater and does all Let's the callbacks and stuff. The time, the time yeah. warp again. So I, I did that for a few years. When I, when I was no longer trick-or-treating as a kid, that was what I transitioned to in my early adult years. Was I did that for about four or five years, dressing up and going to Rocky Horror every Halloween. So... That, that, yeah, not horror, but that's yeah, the closest. Well, it, close it to a has party horror thing. in it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of horror, I mean, you were talking about how you hated ghosts. Like you were just like, meh, those type of stories, they're not real. Yeah. Um, but here you go. I have another story for you. Let's hear. And it, it has it has to do with ghosts and video games. Vals the porpoise found himself in a strange new world filled with darkness and terror. He had been pulled into the video game Phasmophobia and there was no way out. As he creeped through the haunted halls of the game, Vals could feel the presence of something sinister lurking in the shadows. He tried to stay calm and focus on finding a way out, but the fear was overwhelming. Every corner he turned, every room he entered was filled with ghostly apparitions and terrifying noises. Vals knew he had to keep moving forward to find the evidence needed to escape. Suddenly, a cold hand reached out and grabbed him from behind. Vows spun around to face his attacker, but there was no one there but a set of glowing handprints. Vows could feel the ghostly presence getting stronger, and he knew that his sanity was running low. (laughs) Who knows what would happen if I died in a video game, he thought to himself. With a burst of speed, Vals sprinted towards the exit, desperate to escape the game's horrors and make it to the truck. But, just as he was about to reach the front door, it slammed shut, and a shadowy figure appeared before him. It was a ghostly apparition of a devilish little fox, with sharp, gnashing teeth blocking his way to the front door. Vows' spirit box turned on, and he heard it say, Now, edit, edit, now. He tried to run from the fox, but it seemed to follow his every move. He was trapped, and there was no escape. As the fox ghost closed in, Vaz closed his eyes and braced himself for the worst. But just as he thought it was all over, he heard a voice calling out to him from the other side, Vals, wake up. 
You're dreaming. Vows, wake up. You're dreaming. Rue the wine red fox said, and with that, Vows opened his eyes to find himself safely back in the fur what it's worth studio. It had all been a nightmare. Do you have time to edit the episode now? The fox asks <laughs> with a sharp, devilish grin. <sighs> so, that wasn't that um, really a horror story as much as just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is reality. This is the truth. That, that's. I mean, yeah, that's just... to be honest with you, there's a lot of times that me and Voss are like, "Hey, we'll we'll do an episode and." Or or we'll play like a whole bunch of games and and I'm like, you're gonna go to bed? And he's like, No. I'm like, why not? And he's like, Because I need to edit the episode. <laughs> Anywho. And now uh, for the scariest thing of all, a break. Ah. Uh, how dare that? How dare we have a break? And yet here we are. And we're back. Yay! And just in time, Rue, it's time for your favorite segment. Uh, I don't think that we're doing that segment. Oh, no, oh, we're doing no, it. It's, it, it, it's this, Halloween. This is... We especially need to do but it for Halloween. But this is special. We're, we're not going to do it. On the... Yeah, it's special because we're doing it, and our patrons are special. Here it comes. No. Here it comes. No. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> let it wash over I you. I don't consent. Oh, but it's happening. Yes, thank you very much to our lovely Patreons who help keep the show running. Why do you do Patreons this? like Meng X3, Zane, Katai, Anthelo, Victor Mutt, Hugs and Bites, Cactus Cat, Lufus the Raccoon, Aster, Jason Trowbridge, Plug, Harlan Fox, Sly Sugar Cat, Ashton Allingham, Marcosius, Goetic Demon, it burns. Big Bear Luno, Ben Hearn, Geekware, Shoot Mister, Nuka, Koru, Bubble Whip, <laughs> Adelor, Solfair, August Otter, Jake Fox. It just keeps going, Rude. Wow. But Tomori Boba, Chapagriff, Roliga, Aussie K, Blackballed Rick, Catchy, Ligris, Lucar Woof. Ryan Block, Kit. I'd never even heard this part of the song before. It just keeps going. It gets even Self worse. Self-reflecting pattern. Tier 52. Ichigo Okami. Buga. Hachi Shibaru. Dokos. Guardian Lion. Ilya Ryapsev. Snares. I didn't know there was a chorus. Innen, Christian. Oaken. Rifka. I almost just started making up names just to prolong it. <laughs> but thank you all very, very much for your uh, your contribution to the episode. We greatly appreciate it. And if you would like to contribute, please 
please feel free to check us out on Patreon. My ears. The longer, uh, the, 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 the more you donate, the longer we can uh, torture Rue for. Uh, please, no. <laughs> uh, my ears, they're no longer burning. It's heavenly. Yeah, exactly. That's why it burns <laughs> my heart, because I'm uh, a demon fox, right? <clears throat> well, you've you've been through so much, Rue. Why don't we wrap it up with uh, some final thoughts that you have about Halloween? Well, I think that even though that you have grown older and you are now an adult, I think you can still have fun. I'm told. 100%. You're never too old to have fun. And I think that as society, you know, you get into your busy job and you get all this extra stress, you know, make sure that you give yourself time to have fun. So celebrate Halloween. I mean, but at the same time, if you don't like Halloween, then, you know, just make sure that you're taking your taking time for yourself itself. But overall, Halloween is amazing. Celebrate it. Go watch a horror movie. Enjoy it. Get some candy. And just, yeah, I think Halloween's my favorite holiday. So enjoy it. How about you, Nuka? What's your final? If you have Tootsie Rolls or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, please feel free to email the show. And for what it's worth, (laughs) (laughs) mail them all directly to Nuka. (laughs) Uh, No, final thoughts. Um, So, yeah, I mean. Nuka. We actually yes. got an email. We actually did oh, get did. an email, but we're not going to read it on this particular episode because we are running a little bit short on time. But next episode, we want to have that mailbag chucked full of stuff. So if you are interested in having your email read on the show, uh, please send an email over to cast at for what it's worth dot com. One of the things that we would love to hear from you is tell us how you like this episode. If you like stories, if you like uh, the voice actor that we ended up using. It, we, we If you like torturing Rue with more and longer uh, Patreon segments. Uh, you know what's going to start happening? People are going to create like multiple different patron like accounts. Just, and donate one dollar. And, and, yeah, <laughs> donate something like that and then like have um, a whole bunch of names. Ah. Why did I say that? You just compelled me to have a Nuka 1, a Nuka 2. A Nuka <laughs> Could you imagine? Just spread my $20 out across 20 different Patreon accounts. No, please no. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your, your little uh, uh, request for uh, emails uh, from folks for the mailbag sounds a lot like uh, uh, housekeeping. Ruth. Yeah. So um, we have our lovely website. Our website is, is for what it's worth.com. We also have Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon, and Facebook, and they're all the same. It's out for what it's worth. Uh, we have a Telegram channel. If you are interested in joining that, you can message me at cast at forwhatsworth.com. I have one requirement to add you to the Telegram channel. You must be over the age of 18. Uh, and please understand that Rue lives a busy life, and so he will get back to you. But if he doesn't get back to you after a couple of days, please feel free to poke him again. Um, then, of course, we have SpeakPipe. We love hearing other people's voices other than ourselves. I mean, I'm always constantly listening to the voices in my head. So um, I'd like to instead hear your voice. So 
please send us a message over at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. Also, our show is our marketing is word of mouth. So if you felt like an episode will be helpful for somebody else, please feel free to tell a friend. Um, and then other than that, with housekeeping, we just wanted to thank um, the people that send in messages today, which are our stories, which was Rally and Pixel Paws. So thank you so much for supporting the Super show. Great stories. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love those. And then, of course, thanks to our special voice actor, Charlie Tin. He did an amazing, amazing job with those stories. So thank you very much. With that, all right. that's it. That wraps it up. That that's that's all. So, you know, Nuka, what? So tell me, you know, what is what's going on with your your first science research? You know, I mean, with all the and your extra wires that you have and your red eyes. Secrets, Rue. Secrets. <laughs> well, this has been Rue. I'm going back to my lab. And this has been. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. Spooky edition. Woo!